You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am so pleased to be joined today by Keola Reigns. Keola is a lifestyle coach. That's what you wanted me to call you, <laughs> lifestyle coach who's going to share with us today about how fitness can help your recovery. Welcome to the show, Keola. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I had to, it's hard to encompass all of the things, the background in fitness and the nutrition coaching and the recovery piece. And I, I want to cover all of it. I'll have to just make up a whole name for myself, but that's, that fits right now. I've been called a hope coach before. Um, some people have said life coach, but that's, it's not, it's, it's everything. It's your whole lifestyle, your mindset. That's what I love to help people accomplish is positive mindset, healthy lifestyle. I am so glad that you're on the show. Uh, we've been connected with on clubhouse for a while and I always love hearing you speak. And I wanted to have you on the show because this whole thing, this whole idea about fitness and recovery, you know, uh, there's a lot of mystery around it. And obviously there are fitness trainers and, you know, people are very comfortable with that. Like people that are not in recovery, right. obviously are into fitness and they do that. It's a little bit different in recovery to a certain degree because of the whole recovery aspect, the whole mental health side of it with people that are in recovery. And I totally understand about the title, because you're kind of doing both. You're helping people with their recovery and you're helping people with their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into this? I know you're in recovery. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up here as a lifestyle coach. Oh, interesting. So um, my dad is a football coach or I, he's retired now, but he was a football coach basically my whole childhood, all through high school. He was the football coach at my high school, um, which was a blessing and a challenge at the same time. Um, my mom has always been into fitness and, uh, you know, staying active and exercising. So I grew up in a household where taking care of health and, you know, your physical body was a priority. And I also grew up in a household where my dad was uh, overcoming addiction. And so that's been a part of my story as well. So in childhood, I experienced anxiety and, um, realized at 15 years old that a, a little, a little bit of booze could kind of help quiet the anxiety for a little while. I had my first drink at 15, had no idea that that was going to lead me into a 20 year, uh, really negative relationship with alcohol. I managed to get my bachelor's and my master's degree in kinesiology while drinking miraculously. Um, so I do have that education. In, my master's is in exercise psychology and my bachelor's is in kinesiology. So I love, I've always been obsessed with the human body. I've always loved helping people. I've always wanted to give people tools to live their best lives. I just was struggling at the same time while working towards those things. And, um, you know, I was the trainer that was running the studio and teaching classes. And as soon as everybody walked out of the door, I was going into the kitchen, filling my water bottle up with wine or champagne, drinking in between classes. And nobody would have ever known that. Um, and I just got tired. I just got tired of that. I, I realized 
I deserve better, you know? And I also realized, I said to myself, Keela, you're lying. You're a, such a liar. You're telling these people to take care of their bodies and live their best lives and work towards their goals. And you, then as soon as they walk out the door, you're just self-medicating. You're not dealing with your yeah. own stuff. And um, it's been three years and eight months since I walked into a room full of strangers and thought it was kind of a setup because I was like, how are all these people telling stories? Were they following me or what? Like, how do they know exactly what I've been through? And I just never looked back since then. Well, there was up you and down before that, you know. It wasn't yeah, I mean, you know, what's interesting is that I think, you know, there are so many people that niche down in what they do. Right. And, and I think the, the thing is about fitness is it's a bit mysterious because I've seen people get sober. Right. Mm -hmm. And then fitness becomes their new addiction. That becomes their thing. Right. And they've just really, what they've done is they've just transplanted working out yeah. and fitness and nutrition as their new addiction. And I've actually seen people come in, get sober, really amazing transformations. And then when it came right down to the work, they refused to do the work because they're like, no, I'm getting this release by working out. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, the endorphins are great, but if you are not using that as a part of the whole picture, like balancing, um, we call it deep health in my nutrition certification, balancing your life and creating deep health, then you are missing out on the true healing part of getting moving and having a fitness routine and having a healthy nutrition routine, you do not just want to cut out the substance and then go to the gym and then turn all of your, turn all of your issues and your fuel and your focus into exercising and miss out on the rest of recovery. To me, sobriety and recovery are two different things. I think there's abstaining from the substance and then there's doing the work to heal yourself and exercise is just a piece of that healing component. Um, it's not to be a replacement for all of the other parts of the recovery pie or balancing the recovery, um, the whole recovery process. Yeah, I understand that. And I think, you know, what's what, what, you know, is interesting about your story is you were already there doing the fitness piece as you got sober. Right. right. So it was something that was already there. Did you feel that? Well, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm working out all the time. I can't be addicted to alcohol. <laughs> There's no way I could be an alcoholic if I'm, I mean, look at me, I'm showing up to the gym every day and people are, I'm actually guiding people to help, you know, to help them get in shape. What, what was that like? Was, was that kind of like, did it take you a while to kind of unwrap that? Yeah. So I remember the first time I said out of my own mouth, um, I'm an alcoholic and it was in grad school. It was after um, I had to have one of my sisters who's really good with words write up an email for me for explaining why I didn't show up for work um, when the truth was that I didn't show up for work because I was extremely hungover and had stayed out the night before until 6 a.m. And I was like, hey, Sean, I need you to write me an email. And she came over to my apartment and she's, you know, typing it up. And I'm jokingly saying, just tell them I can't come to work because I'm an alcoholic. And I, and I was like, oh, wow. I just, I just said that, you know, and this was after the bachelor's degree, after working in the first gym, after having clients, um, working on a master's for exercise psychology, not showing up for a job at a gym because I was too hungover. And I fooled myself for a while and 
then I just couldn't fool myself anymore. And I started accepting it, but also denying it at the same time, if that makes sense. I knew the truth, but I was like, uh, this is who I am, but it's okay because I'm helping people. I know I have a problem, but it's okay because I just graduated with my master's degree. I know this is not working for me, but it's okay because I'm checking off all the boxes. I'm accomplishing all the goals I want to accomplish. So it's not that bad. I have a job. I have a car. I have a place to live. I have money. And all of those, you know, standards that I didn't understand at the time didn't matter. I could have all these things, but I'm destroying my myself. And so it, it was a struggle for a few years until I finally said, you know what, this is only going to get you so far. Do you want to have a beautiful life? Do you want to stop fighting with people? Do you want to have good sleep and actually reach your fitness goals? Not just be kind of teetering and never fully realize my strongest self, um, the most endurance I could have, my mentally strong self. And when I was sick of the battling back and forth, the bargaining, you know, the rules of, well, as long as you don't drink during class, it's okay. And as long as you only drink on the weekends, I just got sick of that part. And I said, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have, Keola. It doesn't matter how many certifications, real conversations with self. It doesn't matter how many people you're helping if you are not helping yourself. And then I just said, that's it. I'm getting help. I'm going to get help. I have no choice but to get help. And I actually had to walk away from my studio, um, ended a business partnership. It, it just had to happen. I had to do that in order to be where I am right now. And that meant turning away from what I thought was the, I thought that was the end. I thought get the master's degree in exercise psychology and then open a gym. And then that's it. The, you have arrived. And my higher power had different plans for me. That wasn't it. My, I'm, I'm not supposed to be just in the studio teaching fitness routines. I'm supposed to be helping people get sober and also teaching fitness routines on top of that. You, you know, what's interesting because I came into recovery, um, in college after graduating. Right. And on the way to grad school. And I had the very similar thought and it's so interesting how your mind works. It's like, I'm too smart for this. I went to college. I went to right, Like, and meanwhile, you're killing yourself. Right. Yes. But and everybody around you is saying, Hey, this isn't working for you, yes. but yet your mind, the way that your mind works is it will tell you addiction will tell you that that's impossible. You have all this self-knowledge. There's no way that you could be an alcoholic. Yeah. No, I, I said, I'm not sleeping on park benches. I'm not drinking out of a brown paper bag. You know, I, I'm there, I'm doing this. I'm accomplishing everything I want to, but I was also, I got a DUI. I got arrested for fighting all of my, I have three sisters. None of them were talking to me. That's three different people in my own family that had been done because when I drank, I was saying really, really mean things. So this is my, for, for me, my take on um, how alcohol affected me. Some people say uh, under the influence of substances, you, the real you comes out. I think it turned my personality onto level 100. And so I, while I'm an encouraging, uplifting, loud, and um, not shy person, alcohol turned that to the extreme. And I would just say any and everything that came to mind. So that was disruptive. Um, and it took away from me being able to be truly who I am, uplifting and encouraging and helping other people reach their goals. And I just, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to 
have something better. And now I can operate in a really authentic way and, and serve this community. It's, I never imagined that I would be bringing nutrition and movement into sobriety. I thought when I got sober, it was just for me. I just, you know, still <laughs> not in that day one and recovery, you learn it's not just about you. Um, but I really thought, well, I'm just going to go get this help. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to keep it a secret and I'm never going to tell anyone. I'm just going to do this. Um, and then I soon realized that, no, that's not how it works. You need to be a part of a, you get to be a part of a community and um, getting to bring these tools into the recovery space is it's the best thing. I'm like, I'm so glad. Thank you, higher power, that the gym wasn't the end of my story, that there was more for me. It's the, it's the biggest blessing um, in my life. So how do you, how do, do you see similarities in the process of working out and the process of being in active recovery? What are the similarities? <laughs> um, the similarities are it's hard. <laughs> it's challenging. Um, there are moments where you're going to want to quit is very similar. You need, in my opinion, you need some type of leader or coach, or, um, whether it's a personal trainer as a one-on-one -on -one situation or a group exercise, or you're following some kind of path that's very similar. Um, it's also similar that you have options. Some people are going to be hardcore into weights. Other people are going to be really into yoga. Other people are going to be really into biking and outdoor things. Um, community is also really important in both of the pieces. Uh, I think I know for myself that the higher power piece is important because there are times where I, I work with a coach. And so where he's got me doing something and I'm like, come on, come on, just one more, you know, one more set, get me through this. So that spirituality I think is, um, goes across both. They're very similar, actually, you know, and I've, I've never, I've never thought about that, but they're very similar. And you need, you need to have, in my opinion, you need to have the fitness piece as a part of your recovery. Like they, they have to go, they have to go hand in hand. It doesn't necessarily mean the gym, but movement. You need to be moving as a part of your recovery. So yeah, there's lots of Lots of similarities. Absolutely. Now, I when we get back, Kiola, we, we you know I want to promise everybody that when we come back from this quick break. You're going to dive into some tips here. So if there's some people that are sitting here like me, that are sitting here saying, you know, something's missing from my recovery, and it might just be that physical side, right? It's just the get up and get moving side of it. I want you to share with some people when we come back from this quick break how to actually do it, how to start to take some really healthy first steps if you're in recovery, because the approach might be a little different, right? Because I, I know that like when I do something, I've got to play full out with it, right? I've got to go absolutely crazy. And I'm sure that that's not the solution. So when we come back, uh, Keel is going to share some helpful tips with us all. So hold tight. We'll be back in just one minute. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. 
If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about Recovery Breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, Kula. I promise that when we came back, you're going to dive into some tips here that people that are in recovery that are listening to this that might be saying, you know what, everything that Kiola is talking about here, I need to do. How do you start? How do you start? Because I think starting is really the, is, is really the hardest part. Yeah, it is with both fitness and the recovery journey. So my, I have a couple suggestions. The first thing I would say is starting off small with um, the bare minimum that we need. So the American College of Sports Medicine has a program called Exercises Medicine. American Heart Association also supports these same um, numbers and they're giving us 150 minutes a week. So if we can get moving, let's say for 30 minutes, five days a week, if you can get moving for just 30 minutes, we all have 30 minutes. So start small with the bare minimum that we need for movement. 30 minutes five days a week is going to help us to avoid chronic disease. The other thing we get from 30 minutes of movement is that endorphin boost. So we need those endorphins to help us feel happy. It's a boost in our mental health, can help prevent depression, decrease anxiety, um, put us on a pathway to heal from uh, all of the mental health challenges that are that we could be struggling with. So start small is my first tip. Start small, 150 minutes a week, 30 minutes, five days a week of movement. Um, the next thing I would say is pick something that you actually enjoy, something that you actually enjoy. So if you know that going to a gym is a turnoff for you, you don't like the smell, you don't like the big buff people, you don't like the sweat, you don't like the machines, do not set yourself up for failure. Choose an activity that you love. If you know that you love dancing, get yourself into a dance class, a salsa class, or a line dancing class. If you know that you love lower intensity things like yoga or Pilates, get yourself into an activity that you love. Do not set yourself up for failure going to a CrossFit class, knowing that that is not aligned with the type of movement that you like. So start small, uh, three, I'm sorry, 30 minutes, five days a week, equaling to 150 minutes, pick things that you enjoy doing. You actually enjoy doing next I highly suggest that you get connected with some kind of a community. And so if that means that once or twice a week, your activity is with a group, um, you are going to benefit also getting the endorphins from the 30 minutes of movement. You're also going to get more happy chemicals, oxytocin, that release of being connected and in fellowship. You also have a little bit of accountability there. And if you're new to moving and you're part of a group class or a group, there's some leader or instructor there that can also help guide you. So start small, start with the basics, 30 minutes of movement, five days a week, find something that you truly enjoy doing that you can stay committed to, and then get connected with a group of some kind. So a class or a small group that does the activity you like. And the last thing I would say is make sure you're giving yourself time for rest and recovery. So 
Can we move every day for 30 minutes? Yes. One of those days could very well be stretching or walking um, or foam rolling or some type of kind of like a physical therapy type of routine. It doesn't have to be high intensity, hardcore, um, heavy lifting, hit intervals. It doesn't have to be that. We can move gently and that is also counting towards our 150 minutes a week. Well, I like, you know what, I, the, one of the things that really you pointed out that I think is helpful for people in recovery, I know that like recovery is sobriety is much more about trying to, trying to deal with a thinking problem than it is an actual use problem after you're sober, right? After that first transition where you can wake up and you feel that you can get through the day without drinking, right? Mm -hmm. Or using drugs or doing anything like that. And that's not in the forefront of your mind 24-7, then it just becomes a thinking issue. And I like what you said about just get up and get moving and get out there because I think recovery, people that are in recovery, I've found the people that I've worked with, they overthink things. I'm an overthinker. So, like when you start to say, Hey, you don't have to go to the gym, I was like, Oh, good, you know, because like I just got a new dog and I've been out every morning walking the dog and we go on these long walks mm -hmm. and I'm getting an hour of, of physical activity. And you know yep. what? I'm tired sometimes when I come back. I really feel like I've, I've really got my heart rate up and I've, I've been doing the deal. But then I'm saying, Well, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not powerlifting. I'm not, and I've never been that kind of person, right? So, I think a lot of people can't. They can't physically see it just like in their sobriety. They couldn't physically see themselves. How, okay. How am I going to be sober? Did it, how's that actually going to work? Yeah. How's that going to work in my lifestyle? And I like your approach about, Hey, just weave that in your lifestyle. Just get moving, get out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something. I mean, it's, it's good to do things that are out of our comfort zone, you know, sometimes every now and then, but that doesn't have to be the fitness piece. It's already intimidating enough for people to get active. And it's, it tickles me because I think of my son, right? He'll, he'll be two next month. I don't have to tell him to run. I'm telling him, stop running. You know, don't you're stop running, be careful. And then at some point that just turns off completely and we stop doing that. So we have to kind of relearn how to be free with our bodies, how to run, how to just dance or move or stretch. If you watch kids, they do it. No one is showing them how to do it. They just do it. So it's intimidating enough already to relearn how to move for a fitness coach or a fitness. Um, I'm not an, I don't know if I consider myself an expert, but someone who has decades of experience in this world to say, you got to get into the gym. You got to lift weights. You need lifting gloves. You need a lifting belt. You need these shorts. You need this water bottle. You need this special mouth guard. Like, no, just stand up walk out your front door and start with that. Get walking or get doing something you love. Gardening people don't think of as a way to get fit. If you, if you have done yard work, truly done yard work, you know, 30 minutes out there, raking, shoveling, you know, pulling up weeds, all that, that counts towards the movement. So if you're willing to think a little outside of the box and accept that it doesn't have to be what commercials have shown us. We don't really see commercials anymore, but the in-between on streaming or the IG ads or the TikTok ads, whatever you see there, it doesn't have to look like that. You get to choose how to move in a way that you enjoy. And that is going to still give you the benefit of fitness. You know, a year ago, Kiola, I actually fell and broke my ankle really bad and had to go to a physical therapist. And 
you know, I'm a very high energetic person. If you know me, I walk and talk on the phone. Like I'm somebody who's always going and very goal oriented towards business and recovery yeah. and everything that I've going. And I found myself not being able to do anything. Right. And it was interesting because the physical therapist told me something that really changed my life. And it, when you were speaking, it reminded me of what he said. He said, you know, I treat every one of my patients like an athlete. He mm -hmm. goes, because even if you're an accountant, you're training for something. Right. That might just be to go out on the weekend and play with your kid. That might just be to go on a, a trip and you're going to have to walk more. Everybody's training for something. And I think, you know, with sobriety, how this dovetails into this is just the whole physical component of it, of disengaging your mind a bit and doing this activity, I find to be very, very helpful. I, I mean, looking back on, on, on my recovery, I wish I would have done it more mm -hmm. because I found myself in my head a lot when I could have easily just gotten that in those endorphins out and done that, I think it would have for mental health. I yeah. also think it's super important. Can you speak on that a little bit? How your clients, especially the ones that are in recovery, how does that help their mental health in, in, especially in early recovery? Yeah. Getting moving for me, the biggest thing and that I, I try to share when I'm doing a group, if I'm doing a group movement or one-on-one -on -one coaching is the positive self-talk, the opportunity for positive self-talk. That is your chance to cheer yourself on, to motivate yourself, to inspire yourself and start saying nice things. You got this one more rep. I'm so strong. Look how far I've come. So that's probably the biggest piece. I mean, I know that for your brain, neurologically moving is good for neuroplasticity. It gives your brain the chance to get like physically get stronger, physiologically get stronger. On top of that, you're forced to talk to yourself, especially um, if you're doing something that is really challenging for you. And then if you're doing something that you love, let's say you're doing your dance is your thing or yoga is your thing. Being able to talk to yourself in that moment and say, this is awesome. This is great. I'm having fun. Look at you. You know, that's for me, the biggest piece is the self-talk. And I'm, I'm a cheerleader. I'm a natural cheerleader. I wasn't ever an actual cheerleader, but I'm a life cheerleader. That's why I say lifestyle coaching, because I love to encourage people. And I hope that I'm transferring that mindset over to people while they are moving or building a healthy nutrition plan or building a realistic schedule, whatever it is that they're working towards. I want people to start talking to themselves in a really positive way. And movement is one way to do that. You, you have to talk to yourself when you're doing a mindful movement practice. I love that. You know, one of the things, you know, I work with a lot of high performance people that are making the transition into recovery mm. and many people have had a lot of success, you know, and, and Kilo, one of the things that they say is like, I don't have time for recovery. I don't have time to go to meetings. I don't have time mm. for my code. I don't have time. Right. And I, I, I find this, I find myself saying the same thing about exercise and fitness. And at some point it kind of went off and I was like, you know, the same thing that I'm telling people about self-care in their recovery, it's like, no, you need time for you because if you're not going to be sober, then you're not going to be able to do the rest of the things. I'm finding this with fitness as well is there's this self-care component. And I've noticed looking back friends that took the time, you know, they didn't work the extra 10 hours in the office that week. They took an hour of that and they went for a walk. They did yoga. They did whatever, worked out, went to the gym, treadmill, whatever. They took a little bit for self-care. 
their longevity was much more than the people who grounded out like me, didn't take the time, didn't start right, never yep. left the desk. And I think that there's this compulsion with people that when they get sober, kill, it's like, well, this is it. I got to make up for lost time. And I don't have time for any of this. <laughs> we have so much time. We do. Oh my gosh. I just want people to make it a priority at the top of the day. And I, I was, all I asked you guys was for 30 minutes. That's it. 30 minutes. I'm not even asking you for an hour. I'm not even asking you for 45 minutes, just 30. That's it. Top of the day, get up and walk, get up and stretch, get up and run, get up and turn YouTube on and do a free. I mean, you don't even have to pay for anything. What coach, like, and I say this, I'm the only crazy coach that's like, don't even hire me. Just go on YouTube. I mean, if, you, if you're saying you don't have time or you don't have money or you can't afford it, or, I have a toddler. I make time. You know, I'm in a, I have a, a partner that I'm in a relationship with. I make time. If I don't do this for myself, why do I expect anyone else to show up for me or do anything for me? It's, it's one of those things where you have to prioritize it. Now, don't obsess. Don't become obsessed with it. I want to be clear about that, um, that we are not going into this and, and letting it take over our entire lives. And that's where you set yourself a time. I only need to be doing this for about 30 minutes um, and that's enough. Then I can move on to the rest of my tasks for the day. But the whole not having enough time or needing to catch up for lost time, you're, you're here right now in today, focus on today, get up, get moving for 30 minutes and then do the same thing tomorrow. That's it. You and have so, plenty of time. And some people need that accountability, like you're saying, right? Like some people need that accountability. Some people do not have the ability on certain things. You might be able to be great on other things, right? Like you might be great with nutrition and being able to really look at your food, or you might be great at finances and have total control over the impulses to overspend. Right. But when it comes to fitness, you might not have that. You might need that accountability. How, how did, how does that work uh, with your practice? Like, do you feel that like, what does that level of accountability do for people typically? Oh my gosh. So over the last 15 years, I, that's I, my first coaching experience was 2006 or seven. Um, and it varies. Some people need a daily check-in. They need to be reminded, Hey, get up and move. Or did you move? Let me know. Send me a picture of the treadmill. Other people really thrive in just having a program or a plan to follow. So there's no one size fits all with that part. But what people do need to know is that someone cares, that someone cares that they did it. And that's where a coach or um, a group exercise leader or a community following with a community is very helpful. Knowing that someone cares that you moved. It's again, what like I said earlier, it's similar to sobriety in that part where we need to know that someone cares that we chose to stay sober that day. And we need to know that someone cares that we chose to move that day. Some people, like you said, are just natural movers. Other people really thrive in a place where there's support, where someone's saying, hey, did you get up and move today? Or, you know, send me a picture of your, your, your Apple watch or your treadmill or whatever it is that you did. And I'm going to say, good job. And some people need that. Other people don't. I love the saying, um, people who need people are the luckiest people. I think that for me, that's, this is definitely 
my passion and my reason for being on earth is to be that encouraging person, to be that person that someone needs to help stay accountable. Killer Reigns, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're going to have you back uh, to talk about nutrition, more about fitness. I think this is so helpful, you know, um, and I'd love for you to give your final thoughts here for maybe somebody that's sitting here listening. They're in a recovery. They're just sitting around. They're not really moving. You know, what's your final thought for them? Oh, if you're, if you're not moving, you're losing, you're missing out. So I just want to say this. If you are just starting off your journey, I just want you to do this one thing today. Get up and promise me that you'll walk for 30 minutes if you're able to walk. And if you're not able to walk, I want you to sit in your chair and move your arms up and down. Do some arm circles. You know, whatever you can do, if you can move your legs and kick your legs in the chair, kick your legs. I just want you to promise that today you will in some way get moving for 30 minutes. That's it. Today is day one. That's all I'm asking from you. Love it. That is totally doable, guys. So if you're listening to this, like Keola said, get moving. We're going to put links on how to reach Keola in the show notes. So definitely reach out to her if you need that accountability expert, if you need that person that's going to be there and help you out give Keola a call. It could make the difference between you getting up and getting moving. Keola, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.